0: Hello to you, wherever you may be in the world, and welcome to another episode of The Volume Knob, The Songs That Saved Your Life. This week, James and Toes. Hey friend, listener, neighbor, storytelling lover... Glad to have you here for another episode of TVK, where every week I am fortunate enough to spend time with some of the most curious and interesting people in the world, storytellers like this week's guest.
1: Hi, my name is James McDowell. I'm a combat veteran, and the song that saved my
0: life is Zach Brown Band's Toes. James's story is remarkable for a unique reason. As many of you know, I am a firm believer of the idea that stories and music are capable of transporting us, of taking us away from circumstances that may be difficult to a place that's easier and safer. Like many of the stories I've had on this show over the years, James is like that. It takes that idea on. What's unique about James' story isn't the way that the song that saved his life saved his life, but rather where it transported him from. It's a darker place and a more dangerous one than most of us have ever seen. I'll let him tell you that, but let me just tell you that James' story starts on a U.S. army base in Korea, where he's desperate for a change of assignment. His buddy on the assignment's desk didn't have much for him, but he did have an active duty post in Afghanistan.
1: probably should have asked a few more questions, but I was like, yep, it's better than what you got me on. Let's go. From Korea, I went to Fort Benning, Georgia for about three weeks to train up with the team. Then we flew out. We flew to Kuwait. We were in Kuwait for, I want to say three or four days. It was going to be longer than that. And luckily, the new task force commander came through and was like, no, you're not going to live in Kuwait and be all soft. Let's go. You got to get to work, guys.
0: James and his team did two types of work. First, they were responsible for returning detainees from detention to their home villages and provinces. And then there was the second, even more dangerous job. For lack of better expression, seek and destroy mission. Intelligence would be like, hey, there's
1: bad guys here, they're doing this. And so they would send us out day missions, sometimes, you know, a week at the most.
0: It was on one of those day missions that James had his entire life change forever. He doesn't remember some of the key parts of that day, so in addition to telling me his story, James was kind enough to read me the Army incident report.
1: On twenty October two thousand eight, at about zero four thirty-two hours local. Task Force left the assembly area to commence a sweep of the caves at the base of Mount Mir Samar in Panjshir province of Afghanistan. Due to intelligence that the caves were being used to store bomb-making materials possibly used as a hideout for enemy fires. The night before, we get a briefing from Intel, basically saying, hey, these guys that are supplying munitions, explosives, and firearms to the enemy north of Jalalabad, we figured out where they are. We have pictures, we have proof. So if you have somebody like that, you don't want to uh, have to kill them. You want to get a hold of them. And that was kind of where our specialty came in. So as our first mission was not to shoot them, but basically to to get them in and start getting intel from them. We got told we were going to be searching caves, which is one of the most dangerous things you can do in Afghanistan. When you go into a cave, you definitely have a lot of things to consider. They could bring a cave down on you. They could set you up. There's trip wires. You know, there could be IEDs, landmines. There's all kind of fun things that you get to deal with. We catch our helicopter. We go out there about 3 o'clock in the morning. We hit what's called an assembly area. The assembly area is the last point that I can remember. At about zero, five, ten hours, Sergeant First Class McDowell's four-man squad hit a tripwire in cave number six that was connected to explosives. My team was assigned cave six and somebody hit a tripwire, it doesn't even say in the report who. Luckily, he buried it too deep. And so most of our injuries were due to rock and debris rather than the blast. Luckily, none of us died, just some severe injuries. But we were lucky in the fact that, one, he messed up, and two, the entire cave didn't fall in on us. I came out with broken nose, broken jaw, broken wrist, couple broken fingers, broken ribs. Traumatic brain injury, uh, level 3 concussion, shrapnel to my left knee that needed surgery, and pretty good stitches on my left arm. <laughs> the next thing that I remember was waking up in Bagram Hospital. Uh, I had my task force commander, who was a full word colonel, and my sergeant major there, and they were pinning my purple heart on me. The next thing I remember, they took us to Landstuhl, which is in Germany, a huge medical center.
0: And how long were you there?
1: Look, I I don't remember it myself, but according to the
0: paperwork, I was there for three weeks. Though the initial stay in the German hospital helped James deal with his physical injuries, it was the other stuff, the invisible stuff. The issues of memory loss, anger, and hypervigilance, which took even longer to heal.
1: Whether you're wounded in combat or not is you have to go see a, a therapist to talk about it, because now uh, that you've uh, been injured in a combat situation, it, it's hard to kind of bring your brain out of that, to start remembering that, you know what, I'm at a ball, I'm not in Baghdad or... Jalalabad or any of that so, anymore.
0: Tell me more about the anger.
1: When this happened, this is 2008, I was 30 years old at the time. Like I said, had a, a bachelor's degree in political science with a minor in U.S. history, graduated towards the top of my class, you know, was very much excelling at, at what I did. People can't see that type of injury. So PTSD, uh, traumatic brain injuries, things like that, like concussions, people can't see it. So when you're sitting there and people are staring at you like you're stupid or you're know you're, you're uh, handicapped or something, it starts getting on your nerves real quick. Obviously anger is a symptom of depression. If you're not getting help and you don't have an outlet somehow, we're still losing 22 American veterans a day to suicide. If you don't get the right treatment and you don't get the way to cope with that and how to deal with it, it it can definitely take you down a really dark road.
0: To keep him off his own dark road, James was sent from the medical center in Germany to a specialty clinic in Tampa, Florida.
1: One of the things that they teach you is how to start recognizing when you're getting into those mindsets because it's different than what most people would think it's not like oh I'm I'm mad like you know you're you're mad at like your mom or your dad like no it's like blind rage once it gets to that point and it's completely uh, you're going to do stuff that you're going to regret later but if it gets to that point it's past control and they want you to to learn how to find the see those symptoms coming up and well one of the things they also want you to do is to find a way to cut that off you know, kind of like if you know, you know, uh, you have a cut on your hand, you got to clean it so it doesn't get hurt. Well, the same thing that if you can see that you're having uh, an issue mentally, you need to start cutting that off so you can clean it and calm down. I got my toes in the water, ass in the sand. Not a worry in the world, a world of cold beer in my hand. Life
0: is good today life is good today in tampa james had a therapist named jessica who taught him several ways of cutting it off cleaning it up and calming it down one of them was to pick a special song to keep him centered she called it a saving song james ended up picking one that was literally about being on the beach but the plane brought me farther. I'm
1: surrounded by water and I'm not going back again. I got my toes in She's like a lot of people, like they, a song or a poem or, you know, something like that can help calm them down. And one of my favorite bands still is Zac Brown Band. And I got introduced to them through guarding them for a USO tour. And I noticed that when I listened to it, uh, obviously at first I I would have to close my eyes just to make sure I concentrate. But now, even nowadays, so like just a couple months ago, I went through a a really bad uh, depression episode. episode. And I still use that song. and And it helps me, you know, and it's not just the idea of thinking like, oh, there's better places, but it's also reminding me that you know what, just because of what you're going through now, you've had good times, there will be more good times later. I've used that song so many times to either, you know, calm myself down or make my, what I call my fuzzy brain calm down and go, hey, you know what, you're not in a dangerous situation, you're, nobody is trying to hurt you right now, or, you know, things can get better, whatever it is I need it to uh, address at that moment. Put my ass in a lawn chair, toes in a clay, not a worry in a world of PBR on the way, life is good today.
0: Something I- occurred to me when you were talking there, you talked about the difference between you getting the therapy you needed and, and some other vets who don't, and it's almost like you dodged two bullets, like you dodged the physical bullet of the tripwire being too deep, and that maybe have had the chance to kill you, but you also dodged the bullet of not getting the adequate mental health support, that you, you know, and that might have been a separate threat to your well-being had it not come at the right time.
1: My dad used to say that eventually the the four-leaf clover is gonna fall out of my ass one of these days. And and once again, uh, let me be clear, there is no cure for PTSD. You're just going to eventually get to a point where you can see the symptoms starting to rise and clean the wound, get it back, and be able to, to focus on what you're doing at the time to to make things better. Because even, like like I said, you know, it's been 14 years since I got hurt. And, you know, just a couple months ago, I'm still having problems. The other thing that I can say is, I know especially if man do not are taught, you know, that you're not allowed to say anything, you're not allowed to have emotions, and that is, you can bleep this out if you want, but it's bullshit. You have to be able to deal with what's coming with at you at the time. That's the biggest thing that you learn through therapy. They don't have a magic pill. It's not like in the movies with hypnosis where they can magically change you.
0: I just love that the one that you picked is literally about taking a mental vacation from where you are. It's, it's the exact tool for the job, the song that takes me away from things when i'm too stressed out is a song about taking you away from things when you're too stressed out which i think is kind of perfect
1: to be all honest i had to listen to the song like three times today to get ready for this so yeah. <laughs> i was like all right we're doing this come on
0: yeah so, it was nerve-wracking for you because uh, i
1: wasn't sure how the emotional toll was going to be like actually doing it so
0: and how are you feeling
1: High five. Yeah, I'm leaving G.A.
0: Friend, once again, thanks for listening. The Volume Knob is a weekly exploration of stories about the way music makes us feel. It is written, edited, sound designed, mixed, chase produced, and lovingly brought to you by me. My name is Keith Siri. Don't forget to get over to the website. The address is www.volumenob.net to get show notes which will give you ideas about James and his work as a comedian. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Volume Knob mailing list. And if you're a social media user, you can follow the show on Twitter at Volume Knob one that's the number one, and on Instagram at Volume underscore Knob. And finally, my thanks to Katie for her 30-second review of Toes. Those of you out there who may have been a little bit off-put, by her giving you a couple of positive reviews in a row, we'll be encouraged to hear that she's back on her regular vibe. So, I get the impression that you didn't really like that one. No, I didn't really like it. Why not? Because the way that the like singer was singing it was just kind of, I guess not weird, but like not pleasant, if that makes sense. You didn't like his delivery? No, I didn't like the accent. It was, it was a bad country accent. What? That's cold. How is it cold? It just wasn't as good as... Well, I was going to say it wasn't as good as country music should be. It just wasn't good in general. Katie Catch you again next week for another episode and another story about the songs that saved your life.